Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. I'm coming in. Hey, this is Kevin Gray of Clutch Talk Sports Radio, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Aaron Pico has switched camps yet again. This time, he's down at Jackson Wink taking pictures with Brandon Six Guns Gibson. He left AKA to go to the body shop. Now, after his second loss, both of them by stoppages he takes his talents to the land of enchantment hoping to get better results than his last time out now I'm not sure if a change in scenery is what's needed really he got caught in, in an exchange after hurting his opponent Henry Corrales and that can happen to anybody if anything he needs to be a bit more patient in his approach will this open the door to a face off against former training partner and rising Bellator star AJ McKee now that the two are not in camp together that's the question and really with the featherweight Grand Prix coming up they could have been on a collision course anyway Pico knows very well that head coach of the body shop Antonio McKee is not going to pick him over his son AJ McKee if it came down to them fighting one another and having to train somebody so a move was probably best for all parties involved in December of 2018 just before his bid to become a two division champion in the UFC TJ Dillashaw signed a promotional deal with Monster Energy Monster sponsors quite a few fighters Uh, most notably they sponsor Cowboy Cerrone Tyron Woodley and Michael Chandler in Bellator uh, they've also sponsored fighters uh, such as uh, Rampage as well which he may still have his monster deal but either way it goes Dillashaw got knocked out in the first 30 seconds of that fight and that was to kick off the USC's run with ESPN a couple months later he surrendered his bantamweight title to the UFC after New York suspended him for performance enhancing drugs now Monster Energy has cut ties with the fighter Errol Helwani confirmed this with Monster CEO Hans Molenkamp that the company has indeed parted ways with Dillashaw what's done in the dark will come to light and when you attempt to gain an unfair advantage you lose and TJ is learning that lesson all too well and too painfully at this point on our prayer list for the week is Anthony Rumble Johnson fight fans always remember there are two sides of the story and the truth generally lies somewhere in the middle but it just doesn't look good for Rumble 
Rumble was charged in a domestic uh, abuse case recently in Florida. Read the police report and uh, the police took the report from the young lady who said that uh, they were having an argument. She was packing his bags and telling him to leave. He then picked her up and put her in a different room and I think went back into the room that the bag was in if I'm not mistaken his side of the story said that in the argument he decided to back a bag they continued to argue he picked her up and put her in the other room so that he could have some peace and continued to pack his bags the officers sided with uh, the young lady and not with him and really thinking about it I get it I understand why they may have done that if you're trying to pack your bags and leave and you picked her up and put her in a different room why were you there when the police got there I would think that you probably would be able to get your stuff together get at least get enough stuff together to go you know it just doesn't make sense if you're trying to leave what also doesn't help is that Rumble has a history, a checkered history when it comes to domestic cases. He bust down his uh, girlfriend's door about 10 years ago when uh, they were into it and got domestic charges. He threw a yoga mat at a woman at the Black Zillion's gym and now this I mean it just doesn't look good again the truth lies somewhere in the middle if he was trying to get away which I'm not saying that he wasn't as someone who has gone through this before I'm sure that someone or let me not say I'm sure but I'm pretty confident that someone at some point has said if you're ever in a situation like this again just walk away why am I so confident regarding that because that is the line of communication that most men get when it comes to these kind of things if it's getting that heated where things could get physical walk away leave come back when cooler heads have prevailed and take care of whatever it is you need to take care of Again, it just doesn't look good for him. And I'm definitely praying for him that he'll get the help that he needs when it comes to how to deal with his emotions. If you've seen Rumble, he's huge. I mean, he's much bigger than he was when he was fighting. Probably close to 200. I'm not 200, but 300 pounds. I mean, just huge. And he's not big, just like weight big, but he is been lifting weights and is just yoked if somebody that big picked me up I and I we don't know how he picked her up if he picked up and put her over his shoulder if he had in a bear hug and put her whatever that's not the most comfortable situation to be and again most men have been told especially those who have gone through these situations they've been counseled they've been told if you're in a situation, just walk away. So, again, I'm praying for Rumble that the Lord will help him because 
it's just not a good look and no one needs to be doing these kinds of things uh, especially when you have a history with that up next some sweet science conversation in the old one too What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Damo, from the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, here to tell you about the most dangerous wrestling podcast around, The Outsider's Edge, hosted by myself, my homie Jay Kells, and my homie Sam Blackwell, bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of pro wrestling. So no matter what device you're using, what platform you're on, we've got something for you. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Republic, the Anchor app, or Spotify. Whatever device you're using, whatever platform of your choice, look us up at MTMV Sports, My Team, My Voice, Sports Podcast Network, and look up the Outsider's Edge. And if you don't, we hitting you with a bionic elbow out this mug. Yeah. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports. Scat. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. To kick things off, I want to touch on Canelo versus Jacobs, which took place last week. My nine-year-old son said Jacobs didn't fight until the last couple rounds. Now, if he could see that Jacobs wasn't doing enough, I don't know how Jacobs didn't see it. The 100 punches per round pace that he said he was going to keep, yeah, that didn't happen. And the punches he did throw, much of them didn't have anything on it. Canelo, on the other hand, came to fight and did everything in his power to walk away with the victory. Two judges had it 115 to 113, which I believe was way too close. I could see giving Jacobs possibly four rounds, but that's the most that I could have given him. Jacob said that his days of middleweight may be done because it's getting hard for him to get down to 160 pounds and he chose not to cut the additional three pounds uh, and forfeited a million dollars because of that. Maybe a more energized Jacobs is what's needed uh, to turn his career around. Now, if Triple G gets past Steve Rose, I see that as being the next fight for Canelo. Demetrius Andrade was there and there's been talk about Canelo unifying the titles before the year is over. He now has three. But yeah, my money's with Triple G. Plus, Triple G's only got three fights before he retires. Andrade is still young and hungry and can wait a little while as well as get some more seasoning before facing Canelo. In about three weeks, AJ will make his U.S. debut versus Andy Ruiz. According to Matchroom Boxing's Eddie Hearn, the Cuban heavyweight Luis Ortiz was the number one choice when Big Baby was pulled from the car. Hearn stated that they offered Ortiz six and then seven million dollars, but he turned it down. Ortiz only earned about $500,000 for his fight with Deontay Wilder. And that was probably the biggest payday he ever had. 
and he turned down six and then seven million. Yeah, I mean, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. He had everything, and he being Ortiz had everything to gain and nothing to lose in taking the fight with Joshua. I mean, he got knocked out by Wilder. Worst case scenario, that happens again. But you walk away much, much better uh, than you did in losing to Deontay Wilder. Had Ortiz taken the fight, then Wilder would have had to try to face a southpaw with real knockout power on about three weeks' notice. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Not only would this have been King Kong's biggest payday, but a win catapults him in the start. On the Fight Night's update, I mentioned that Eddie Hearn was looking to move newly acquired fighter Devin Haney's bout with Antonio Moran to the top of the card since Usyk fell out due to a torn bicep. There were rumors that that fight was going to be moved to Vegas, or at least they were looking to do that because it's Haney's hometown. Well, the moves were made as far as top billing was concerned, but the fight will remain at the MGM National Harbor in Oxon Hill, Maryland. Some thought that this fight may be for the vacant WBC lightweight title that Mikey Garcia gave up to face Errol Spence Jr. Well, WBC had other thoughts in mind, and they ordered Loma to face Garcia's mandatory Luke Campbell of the UK for that title. If Loma wins, he would hold three pieces of the lightweight title and would only need the IBF strap to become the undisputed champ. That title is held by Richard Comey of Aquacana. The televised fight lineup for this week on Friday from Corona, California. On Showtime, you got Ruben Villa versus Luis Alberto Lopez in a 10-round featherweight fight. Now, that afternoon, stateside in the evening, on the other side of the pond, on Sky in the UK and on DAZN in the US, Lee Wood versus Ryan Doyle, 12 rounds at featherweight. Also on that card, Jordan Gill versus Enrique Tinko. That's another 12 round featherweight bout. Now, on Saturday, on ESPN from Tucson, Arizona, WBC junior lightweight titleist Miguel Bearshaw, who's ranked number one by Ring Magazine, faces fellow Mexican Francisco Vargas, who's ranked number four, in a rematch of a 2017 bout where Vargas was KO'd in the 11th round. They'll do it once again for the title for 12 rounds or less. Another rematch that's on this card is the co-main, which pits Junior Featherweight's Emmanuel Navarrete versus Isaac Dogbay. And, and that's an immediate rematch of their December fight, which was a unanimous decision for Navarrete. Now, once again, it's for 12 rounds with Navarrete's WBO title on the line. That evening, in Washington, D.C., on Fox, Jared Hurd, ranked number one as far as junior middleweights are concerned, will take on number eight ranked Julian Williams for Hurd's IBF and WBA titles. 
All right, fight fans, that does it for the old one, too. We're going to step between the ropes and out of the squared circle. And after this break, we'll dive into Bellator 221. Mike check one, two, one, two. It's your man, J. Kells, representing my team, my voice, and I'm the host of the number one sports show on the planet, Star Talk, where we talk everything about your team, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, every Saturday night right here on Anchor, my team, my voice. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Bellator 221 will take place at the All-State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. Taiwan Air Claxton brings his undefeated 4-0 record to the Bellator cage versus 4-1 James Berserker Bennett. This is a featherweight bout and Bennett's first fight at featherweight. For the third time in his career, Air kicks off the main card. There's a reason Bellator keeps putting him in the curtain jerk. It's because of his explosive performances. Three of his four wins are by knockout, including his professional debut, which saw him land a flying knee that changed the trajectory of his career as well as changed his nickname from Speedy to Air. Now he's in the land that Air Jordan helped to make famous. Opposite him, is the berserker who trains under the king of Kenosha, UFC vet Ben Rothwell. Like Claxton, Bennett has only been to the judges once, and that was a split decision loss two fights ago. All four of his victories are by knockout, so this has fireworks written all over it. A heavyweight matchup in the second fight of the night. Pitt's former WWE champ, who's 1-0, Jake Hager, better known as Jack Swagger, versus 1-1 TJ Tombstone Jones. With three fights between them, it's not much to go on for these fighters. Tombstone's from Kansas City, and he fights out of Dodge City, Kansas, working at a beef plant currently. His last fight was a win by Americana, so he's got some ground skills. He'll need him versus Jack Swagger, who wrestled at the University of Oklahoma. He used that foundation to secure an arm triangle choke in his first and only fight. Now, being a former WWE champ, he's going to get the pro wrestler rub, but he may be in for a challenge versus Tombstone. Next fight on the card is the undefeated 13-0 AJ the Mercenary McKee and 23-7 Pat Petty Mike Curran at featherweight and it's the voices marquee matchup. I almost made the co-main the marquee matchup but if you know anything about MMA you know that the co-main is a fight you want to watch so I want to put a little spotlight on this one. In this matchup you have the former champ Pat Curran who's 3-2 in his last five, but riding a three-fight win streak into this matchup. He's also been out of the cage since October 2017, though. With eight subs and five KOs, 
he stopped over half of the people that he's beaten, including former champs like Joe Warren and Daniel Strauss. He also holds a victory over the current champ, Patricio Pitbull, who will compete in the main event. Now, Pitbull picked Kern to win the fight. He said that Pat Kern was one of the toughest fights he ever had, but it seemed like he was doing that more so to get under AJ's skin. At the press conference, Pitbull and McKee got into it, and Pitbull encouraged him, come over and fight me now. AJ said, I'll get you in the tournament, which Scott Coker reminded everyone begins later on this year. AJ is undefeated and serves as a great challenge for anyone he faces. He knows that Curran is hands down the toughest fight that he will have had in his career. That doesn't stop him from being confident, though. And he believes he's going to keep his undefeated record and challenge for the title soon. He focuses on the job at hand, but is also planning for the future. Outside of the co-main event, this fight has the highest stakes because a loss versus current hurts McKee's chances going forward. If Pat is successful and makes it four in a row by derailing the hype train that is a mercenary, it proves that he's back and ready to go for gold again. In the co-main event, you have Douglas the Phenom Lima former welterweight champion bringing his 30 and 7 record into the cage versus undefeated 14 and 0 michael venom page to kick off the semifinals of the bellator welterweight grand prix the winner goes on to the finals to face either rory mcdonald or neiman gracie for the bellator championship tournament supremacy and a cool million dollars both fighters have been very respectful of one another in the lead-up. I have yet to see MVP fight somebody and not talk trash, though, until this fight. The Grand Prix has been a proving ground for the brass Brit as the promotion brought him along slowly. Now he faces the former champ and someone who many believe will win the entire tournament. With half of Lima's victories by strike, you would think that you need to worry most about that. But he's also got 10 submissions, bringing his finishing rate to 83%. Due to the dynamic striking prowess of MVP, the path of least resistance as far as the win for the Phenom is concerned is getting into the ground. With 8 of his 14 victories by KO, including a skull-crushing flying knee, Page is a special kind of striker. Venom has some subs on his record too, but he don't want to engage on the ground with that black belt. In Lima, that boy is a beast. Page also showed his inability to consistently stop the takedown in his last match with heated rival Paul Daly. And that doesn't bode well for him versus the well-rounded, skilled phenom, Douglas Lima. In the main event of the evening, Iron Michael Chandler brings his 19-4 record into the cage versus 28-4 Patricio Pitbull for the lightweight title. This is truly a battle for Bellator supremacy. You have the face of the company in Iron Mike versus 
the other most notable homegrown fighter in Pitbull. The winner will have the most victories in Bellator history. With a KO as he predicts, Chandler will move to the leaderboard in that category over Pitbull, the man he faces. On top of that, there's heat and it's not manufactured. Pitbull feels like Mike disrespected he and his family after KO and his big brother Patricky. He got in his face while he was celebrating and Chandler was like, I will kill you. Dude, you too small for me. And in all the face-offs, Chandler still has his smirk like, dude, I'm going to kill you. I don't know why you signed up for this. You can't hang with me. Pitbull then started talking about his size and said that Chandler was on the juice. You're all about your muscles. And that's something that Chandler vehemently denies and takes great offense to. He knows that his young son, Hap, will see these accusations one day, and he hates the impact that it may have on him. On top of this, it's a super fight between two champions, the lightweight champ and the featherweight champ. This should be a signature moment for Bellator in the Windy City. Let's take a pause of the calls. When I come back, I'll preview UFC 237. Want to stay up to date with Yankees baseball? Listen to Bronx Bombers Beat with me, Nate Shelton, every Monday, right here on MTMV. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. What's good? It's your boy, Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. UFC 237 takes place at the Genesee Arena in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. The curtain jerk is a lightweight affair between 23 and 6 Francisco Masaranduba Trinaldo and 15 and 2 Diego Fajeda. Francisco is 3 and 2 in his last five fights, trading wins and losses since September 2016. The last time he was in the cage, he earned a KO victory in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Diego said in media day that he believes Francisco will gas out and that's when he'll take over the fight. He plans to put him in positions that'll drain him and then dominate. The last time Diego lost was to current interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier. He's expecting the fight of the night kind of performance between himself and Masaranduba. He's really hoping to get that bonus so he can put money towards the house that he's trying to build. He was able to purchase land, but he needs more money now to build the house. And that's strong motivation going into this matchup. At 23 and 13, Tiago Pitbull Alves faces 8 and 1 Laureano El Matador Strapoli at welterweight. Pitbull is 2 and 3 in his last 5 fights and has been able to fight more regularly as this marks the fourth fight in 15 months for Alves. That matches his fight total between 2015 and 2017. The one-time title challenger is glad about it too. In his third fight in Brazil for the UFC and his first time visiting the city of Rio as a Brazilian uh, resident never been to Rio before this fight 
He's looking to start strong in the first round and wants to finish his career in Brazil as his last contracted fight is his next one. In his last outing, Alves won a decision over Max Payne Griffin. El Matador is making his sophomore trip to the octagon. His debut was last year in his native land of Argentina, where he picked up a win over Hector Aldana. That was the first time that he fought to a decision. The eight previous bouts that he had were all stopped before the time limit. With five KOs and two submissions, he'll face the toughest fight in his career. The tail of the tape says that there's a three-inch height advantage for Stripoli, but face-to-face, he looks much bigger than Pitbull, and he'll need to use that length to keep the dog at bay, or it could be a long night for the Matador. Next fight up is 28-4, Jose Aldo Jr., who faces 19-1, Alexander the Great Volkanovski, at featherweight, and it is the Voices Marquee matchup. This should be an all-action fight and has major implications in the heavyweight, I'm sorry, featherweight division. With a win over the King of Rio, Alexander the Great should be the number one challenger for the belt. He has the added pressure of his friend postponing his wedding so that Alex could be in it and still participate in this fight. So he's got to win. Aldo has been on a tear, though, with after back-to-back losses to Max Holloway in 2017. Now he's looking like the WEC Aldo who flattened all challenges. With back-to-back knockouts of Jeremy Stevens and Hanato Moicano, Jose has struck fear in the hearts of featherweights again. He doesn't see himself fighting another three to four years, but did hint at media day that he could fight past his last contract about later this year. He wants to retire in the UFC, but it seems if he could be enticed to go just a little longer, especially if he gets another crack at the belt. That's his goal, and that is his desire. Will it happen? We don't know. One thing we do know is that if he wants to keep the dream alive, he has to win this matchup. With the only loss in the career of Alexander the Great, yeah, he's been absolutely great. And that one loss came five fights into his MMA career. With three knockouts and three decisions in his last six fights, all under the UFC banner, Alexander knows that a win over the legend, that if he gets that, no one can deny him a fight with Max Holloway. Last time out, his relentless pressure got him the KO win over Chad Money Mendez. Aldo has returned to a pressure fighting style, which means they should meet in the middle and go for broke. The last man standing will have the greatest opportunity to contend for a title. Unless there's a dust up after the fight, I expect these two to enjoy a burger at Aldo's restaurant in the very near future. The co-main event for this card pits 11-4 Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer 
versus 34-9, Anderson the Spider Silva at middleweight. Though he was defeated in his last outing, Silva represented himself well against the now interim champ, Israel Adesanya. The old guy showed he still got a few chunks up his sleeve because Israel's a student of the game and more importantly, a student of Anderson Silva. He didn't get caught in the web that has been the demise of many fighters before him. But does the former FFA employee in Cannoneer have the same ability to stay out of the way of what the spider weaves? Anderson is undefeated in Brazil, but at 44 years of age, it's not a given he can keep that streak alive. When visiting his daughter's school, I thought Jared was going to get in a fight with one of her classmates. That's how serious he was when a student said that Cannoneer was going to lose the fight. The Killer Gorilla started his MMA career and his UFC career at heavyweight. Heavyweight. He's fighting at middleweight now. He started at heavyweight. He's still packing a punch at middleweight, though. And he dropped, then finished David Branch in his debut of the weight class. Can a spider take down a gorilla? I don't know, but we'll find out Saturday night. In the main event of the evening, you have 8-3, Thug Rose Namajunas versus 19-6, Jessica Bateastaka Andraj. The strawweight title is on the line in the main event. And like the co-main event, Jessica is fighting two weight classes below where she competed when entering the UFC. She still brings power and strength with her, though fighting 20 pounds lighter. This was evident in her last three fights. She outmuscled Claudia Gadelia and Tisha Torres, two of the strongest women in the strawweight division. Then she went on to knock out expert striker Carolina Kovalkiewicz in highlight reel fashion in her last trip to the octagon. But Joanna Jędrzejczyk gave the blueprint on how to beat Andrade. Overwhelm her with strikes and Jessica can't get her strikes in her game going. Rose believes that her physical makeup and skills will be just too much for the Brazilian. With a four-fight, four-inch height advantage, knockout power, and slick submissions, the champ feels that she has the advantage in every area the fight could go. Now, one area where Jessica could have success is implementing ground and pound. And she would need to do that throughout the fight. Will it open her up to possible submissions? Yeah, but if successful... She could be the next Brazilian champion in a long-storied history of titles from that nation. Rose last fought in Brooklyn after her bus was attacked by Conor McGregor. This was over a year ago. Will the trauma that she suffered hinder her in this fight? Personally, I don't think so. As she's overcome some unspeakable events even before that happened. And these things happen throughout her life. If anything, it may have strengthened her resolve and made her an even more dangerous champion. That does it for UFC 237 preview. Up next, 
the official results. Coming in. This is Andrew Brown with the North Florida Tigers prep program, and you are listening to me on MTMV. Support the podcast whenever you can, listen as much as you can, and share as much as you can. This has been episode 90 of the MTMV main card. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. On the regional scene, this Friday, you got Combache America and LFA. Make sure you tell a friend about MTMV Sports. Subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, PyCoin, and anchor.fm as well as a number of other outlets we love to interact with you so hit us up on the socials whether it be instagram twitter or facebook it's mtmv sports on all platforms sports fans rejoice my team my voice and until next time it's your man the voice host of the mtmv main card and i'm sounding off